Hi everybody and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby, and this is episode 74 of the RV Miles podcast. To get today's show notes, you can head over to rvmiles.com slash podcast. And RV Miles is also on social media. We are over at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then Jason and I, along with Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are at ourwanderingfamily.com. And you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Twitter. Today is our big 2018 recap, our favorite places, our favorite destinations of the year. And we're excited to get into all the different places that we've been to and let you know what our really top picks were. And we've got a whole lot of news and uh, we've got a new brain teaser and a whole lot more. But first, this episode is sponsored by L.L. Bean. This year, L.L. Bean is joining up with the National Park Foundation, the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service, to help you find your happy place. In an amazing system of more than 400 national parks, including historic and cultural sites, monuments, preserves, lakeshores, and seashores that dot the American landscape, many of which you'll find just a short trip from home. L.L. Bean is proud to be an official partner of the National Park Foundation. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. We've got a lot to get to today, so let's dive right into the news. First, it's the biggest item, of course, is the fact that we're in the middle of a government shutdown, which means a whole lot of things for the national parks and the thousands and thousands of federal campgrounds across the country. As happened with the last shutdown, in uh, in January, the there has been an attempt to keep the national parks open during this particular shutdown. Now, the issue with that is, of course, that most of the National Park Service staff is laid off and only the essential employees, which is mainly law enforcement rangers, are still in place. From what we're hearing, campgrounds are sort of on a hit or miss basis right now. Uh, Individual superintendents have the ability to close national park campgrounds if they so desire. And it seems like it's actually changing on a daily basis as campgrounds become less accessible because of snow. There's nobody plowing the snow or as the trash fills up, these campgrounds are starting to get closed off. Yeah, there's an article that we posted in the America's National Parks Facebook group that's from the L.A. Times that's just talking about some of the things that are going on with the California parks, particularly what was happening over at Joshua Tree, because this is their busiest time of year. You know, in December, Joshua Tree normally sees, I think they said, around 230,000 visitors. This is the prime season to go there because it's so hot in the summer, right? So they are struggling. The trash, the restrooms. I mean, everything is just kind of piling up there as people continue to visit the park. And while there are many wonderful stewards and many people who are doing their best to keep the parks clean and safe, there are unfortunately those who are kind of taking advantage of the fact that there's no one overseeing the care of the park. Yeah, we were reading about People driving off road at Joshua Tree, which you can't do there. People decorating the Joshua Trees with Christmas lights. People scratching their names into things. 
all sorts of stuff. You know, somebody, I saw somebody post on Facebook uh, in one of the groups uh, last night about how they were th- just there and somebody they were talking to was saying how great it was that there's no rules and they can do whatever they want. So it's sort of sad that our parks are left unprotected. Whatever you feel on the political spectrum, it's it's unfortunate that the national parks are sort of used as a pawn in this game and are are left without any protection. Well, I think for me, and I'm taking all of the political out of it and just talking on a human level to hear someone make a quote like that. And again, the quote wasn't made directly to me, so it's secondhand information. But if this is indeed what that person said, just to know that somebody doesn't value that space without someone forcing them to value it just makes me sad. It makes me sad because they're missing the whole point of the National Park Service. They're missing the whole point of nature and our earth in general, which is that it is an incredibly special place that we should feel honored to be able to spend time on and in and to just say, oh, well, there's no rules now. I can do whatever I want. The rules are there not to keep you from having a bad time, but to make sure that not only you get to enjoy this space, but that your children and your children's children and so on and so forth also get to. So that's where I, this is the area of the story that I really struggle with and and connect with in the sense that this is so much more than politics. This is just down to the human level of of care and respect. And there are, and there will be, I mean, you know, we're all individuals and we can't all be the same, but there will always be those who see this as an advantage as opposed to an opportunity to step in and, and make sure these places stay safe. The shutdown is likely to definite, uh, to continue into the new year. So if you have plans to, to visit a federal campground or a national park, you're not going to be able to get any information about that from National Park Service social media or anything like that. Your best bet is going to be the local news of that area if you really want to find out what's going on. I mean, I don't anticipate that this is going to keep going through January. I hope it will not continue to go on through January. We all need to get back to our lives, including those people who are currently unable to work. Or those people that are having to work right now, but will not get a paycheck until the government. And thank you to those people for showing up and doing that work. I'm sure it's incredibly frustrating. You know, we have, here we are again, I feel like deja vu, you know, last year around this time, we were planning to head to Texas. We were planning to head to an Army Corps of Engineer campground near the Dallas area. That is our plan again for this year. We're trying it again. And At this point, and it's such a small inconvenience, I know, so I'm not, I don't want to sound like woe is us, but, you know, we can't go and make those plans. We can't. Yeah, you can't go make reservations at, even if you aren't going anytime soon, you can't go make reservations at these places. No, and I just, you know, for us in the sense that this is not just vacation, this is kind of our lives, this is how we live. It, you know, again, it's a, it's not a woe is me story. I'm sure that we will get it figured out and that'll be fine. But it is a little deja vu. We just can't seem to make this campground in Dallas work, at least for right now. So we'll see. You know, hopefully next time when we come back next week to record, this will be over and done with and we'll be we'll be talking about something completely different. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, uh, state governments are chipping in to keep 
some of these places open and who knows how long that will last. Again, that's something that could change on a day by day basis. Uh, and of course, concessionaire run private campgrounds that are in the parks or just outside of them will remain open during the shutdown. Let's move on to our next news item. RV show season kicks into gear next month. And we just wanted to point you to our most popular article on RV miles is our state by state guide to upcoming RV shows. Uh, we try to keep it as updated as possible, but we have a listing of all the RV shows that are coming up soon. And if you are interested in buying one, you're interested in upgrading, now's the time to go check them out. You can get some really good deals at RV shows. Yeah. Or even if you were like us before, we even thought this lifestyle would be a reality. We just liked to go to them. Yeah. We just like to go and you walk see what through. It's like. Yeah. It's fun. And, you know, we're kind of looking at our schedule for January and the Chicago travel and outdoor show, I think is coming up and we might be up in the area for that. And we also know that the Kansas city RV show is coming up here in January as well. We're thinking about potentially staying around for that. So we're kind of looking at our own schedule and we ourselves want to try and get in there and maybe see as many shows as we can. It's great to go and see what the industry is doing and talk to people who are working in the industry as well and just get their ideas. So I like RV shows, RV show season. I'm looking forward to it and, you know, I'll do my own little dreaming as well. Even though we've got Wanderbus, we're always just dreaming about what's next. It's just a good way to get in inside some of these units and think, could I do this? Could I live in this? And I pretty uh, much get in every single one and I'm right. like, yes, I could. <laughs> well, and you don't, you don't have any of the sales pressure that you have when you go to a dealership. No. And that's what I like a lot about the RV shows too, is that you can go and you can just kind of wander around and no one really bothers you or pressures you too much. They might come up and say hi or share with you a little bit of info, but then they just really let you do your own thing. It's a very chill environment and it's perfect if you just don't know what you want and you really just want to be able to do your thing and, and go through and kind of get an idea of what kind of travel family are we or what kind of travel individual am I? RV shows are perfect for that. Yeah. And some dealerships only specialize in certain types or they only carry certain brands. So it's a good way to see really a, a big overview of, of a lot of the different products the RV industry has to offer. Speaking of the RV industry, uh, the RV Women's Alliance has been created from the RV industry organization and certain members of the RV industry. And this is a um, this is a new group that has been put together to provide opportunities and, and support to create more jobs for for women in the RV industry or provide awareness that jobs are available um, and just sort of a, a general support organization for women who are already working in the in the RV industry. Yeah, I like it a lot. I was reading their press release and while they do say, you know, it's a women's alliance and it's really focused on getting more women into the RV industry workplace, they're not exclusive. You know, this is their, in fact, they make it really clear that they want to be as inclusive as possible. So there's an article about it. I won't go too much into it and we'll link to it in the show notes, but I think it's a really cool thing that they're doing. There are some really interesting people that are sitting on this board or this um, alliance to sort of kick this off. And it's going to officially formally 
launch at the RVX show that's happening in Salt Lake in March. That's so this, the big, that's the big industry show, the trade show that we talked about yeah. on last week's episode. So they're just kind of slowly rolling some things out, you know, letting us know this is what you can expect. And this show sounds like it's just going to be massive. It sounded like when they originally talked about this RVX show that it was supposed to be a smaller show. And then it would travel around or something like that. Um, they scrapped that. That clearly, clearly. got nixed yeah. and they decided to go big or go home. Yeah, they got a really good deal on Salt Lake, apparently, because <laughs> they are going big and they are not going home. Finally, we have our RV Miles News of the Week. We have our latest America's National Parks podcast out. This one's on the cherry blossom trees and the cherry blossom festival in Washington, D.C. Uh, and gosh, they're so beautiful. Uh, and uh, the story of how... They got there as a gift from Tokyo is really interesting, but there was a lot more to the story than I realized. I, you know, in my mind, it was just, oh, we want to plant cherry trees. Oh, you do. Okay, here you go. But that is not at all how it went down. I mean, this was really essentially one person's crusade for a very long time. And now it's become sort of a national symbol of spring, which is which is really cool to me. Maybe we'll be there. In the spring to see it. We might. We just might. Also, we want to mention that RV Chat, after taking a week off, will be returning this week. If you're on uh, Twitter, join us for RV Chat Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central. We're going to talk about RV resolutions this week. We're going to talk about all the different things that uh, different RVers are planning to do or want to do in the new year. You just made that up on the fly, didn't you? Kind of. Yeah, you kind of did because I had no idea what this week's RV chat well, was about. I've, I've been thinking about oh, it. Oh, okay. I've been thinking about it. Uh, You're right. hearing it here when I hear it, folks. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser. And we're going to get into our breakdown of all of our favorite places that we've been to in 2018. Be right back. We're back with the answer to last week's brain teaser sponsored by Thrive Market. On a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone, Thrive Market offers thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at up to 30% below retail prices. Foods for specialty diets can be hard to find when traveling. So for your next camping trip, skip the store and get all your gluten-free, paleo, and non-GMO products delivered to your home just before you hitch up. And because Thrive Market wants to make healthy living a part of your outdoor lifestyle, RV Miles listeners can save 25% off the already marked down prices along with a 30-day free trial. To get started, head over to thrivemarket.com slash rvmiles or check out the link in our show notes. That's thrivemarket.com slash rvmiles to get 25% off plus a free 30-day trial to start your journey towards a healthier life at home or on the road. You know, last week we talked to Mandy Wallace about their budget out on the road, their full-timers out on the road, and how she had realized it had doubled. One of the things that made me think about, it made me think about Thrive in the sense that some of those places, especially when we talk about how difficult it was when we were in Zion or when you get into California and things get a little bit pricier, 
Something like Thrive is a fantastic option to kind of offset that because you can still get all of those foods that you need or want, those healthier foods that you need or want. You don't have to go and buy the cruddy hot dogs that are still going to cost you six bucks. You can order through Thrive yeah, and it, have it come to you. And a lot of people are scared to get packages on the road, but you know, it's really not that big of a deal. You just talk to the campground and and check to see if they'll allow you to get packages. And if, Absolutely. if not, you can generally get them at a UPS store. You know, or even if you're heading out for your big two week vacation, you're headed out to Yellowstone or you're going somewhere incredibly popular. Those grocery stores, even the big ones, even the chains in that area, their prices are going to be higher because they are a high traffic area. Again, something like Thrive, you can do an order and you can save, you know, not only the 30% already, but 25 with us, have that all come to your house, load up your RV and you're good to go. You just need to get maybe some perishables. Like it, to me, it's almost as I've been using it more and integrating it into our lifestyle, I have been unbelievably pleased with how easy it has been to do so like while we're on the road. All right. Last week's brain teaser went like this. What four letter word does the following? The first two letters signify a man. The first three letters signify a woman and four letters signify something great. And the answer was a hero, which is like the first two letters are he, the first three are her. I need a hero. And four are a hero. Whoopsh. <laughs> uh, I, uh, the, this brain teaser was originally heroin. And it had a it had a net, it had a fourth level, and I thought that was too much. You didn't want to so take I, it to I that level. I shortened it to hero. That's just too much. <laughs> just too much. Anyway, the winner this week is Chris Sampson from Indiana, who will be receiving a "Not All Who Wander Are Lost" T-shirt. We'll have the new brain teaser and a chance for you to win at the end of the show. All right, we're ready to dive into our breakdown of our our favorite places of the year we've had let's not use the word breakdown that's that word is still triggering me it's a a trigger word yeah uh (laughs) we could talk about our breakdowns of 2018 but i don't want to talk about the breakdowns of 2018 i want to talk about all the really great positive things that happened in 2018 we did have sort of that epic experience uh uh with the bus over the last couple months but we have had otherwise a wonderful year. Yeah, 2018 has been just a year, I would say, of a lot of highs and a lot of lows and just kind of up and down, up and down. And I'm excited to talk about some of our highs. I look forward to 2019 leveling itself out a little bit. I think we need a 2019 that levels out a little bit. 2017 was really about getting to know bus life and getting to know this particular life. And then 2018 seemed to be about how do we sustain that life? And it just took us, it just took us everywhere. And so this year, I just really want to slow it down a lot. Yeah, I do too. But of course we say that and we we have plans to uh, wander all the way from uh, here to the south, to the east, back all the way across to California, up to North Dakota. 
And that's great. And as, that might be a little much. I don't know. It might be. And you know what? As we get to know more people and RV Miles gets to know more people, those things are going to happen. And we're going to start popping up in different locations, doing different things. And that's very exciting. I look forward to it. I I hope that we maybe can just be a little bit more organized in how we do that. And it's not just a mad dash to get from one place to another. Yeah. Maybe we'll buy a, let's buy a planner. Oh, we say this every year. We buy a planner every year. <laughs> let's, let's buy another one. Like maybe this is the year for the planner. Like I'm not one for my phone. I need a, like a planner. I yeah. need to open it up. Sure. I need to write the things down. We have a planner. We use a planner. What? I don't know where it is. Okay. I was going to take it with us to your parents today. So we could actually plan. I don't know where it is. Yeah. So we might need to buy a new one. All right. I'll buy a new planner. I, somebody needs to invent. I know actually there is an RV travel planner out there. Somebody just needs to invent yeah. a personal assistant for me who can keep me organized. I don't have a, like, I don't have a lot. It won't be a, a hard job. It's just for whatever reason, we cannot be organized with our travels. I don't want to be making plans like 48 hours before anymore. Like we uh, are right now. Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like we're actually doing with this podcast today. <laughs> yes. No, I don't want to do that anymore. All right. We're going to dive right into our favorite places that we've been to in 2018. But before we do that, this segment is sponsored by go sun. When you're out camping in the wild miles from the nearest propane or electrical hookup, every bit of energy and fuel matters. With GoSun Solar Cookers, you can cook full hot meals without propane, without electricity, without wood. GoSun Cookers trap the sun's rays to steam, bake, roast, and boil, even when it's cloudy, using special reflectors to grab available heat and trap it in a borosilicate glass tube, where food cooks at up to 550 degrees. Three different models offer the perfect combination of portability and cooking capacity. Visit gosun.co, that's .co, and use the code RVMILES for 15% off all GoSun solar cookers. Support this small Cincinnati-based company looking to change the way the world cooks with free energy and no harmful smoke or emissions. That's gosun.co. Use the code RVMILES for 15% off. We just got our GoSun Go yeah. the other day. We I'm going to be doing a test video of that. I'm you, excited. Yes. We didn't even unbox it. We're going to just wait to do the whole thing next week. We're going to unbox it. Jason's going to Jason's gonna cook us up a meal. If we get some sunlight. I, I mean, hey, I know it cooks when it's cloudy. Yeah, you don't need it. But it's like. Put that borosilicate tube I want to give it a. <laughs> the way, the, what it is now outside is like, it's like. Well, it's 20 degrees it's outside right now and completely overcast. Yeah, so. it's, I mean, it's more than overcast. It's like foggy and it's miserable. Yeah. It's the winter in the Midwest. January is going to come roaring in yeah. and we're all going to be sad individuals with no sunlight. Maybe it'll work in this. I don't know, but I want to give it a chance when I do this video. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would also just film better if it was some sunshine. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, our favorite destinations of 2018. Let's dive into one of the first places we we went to in, in 2018. Thanks to the government shutdown. Thanks to the government shutdown, we we transferred our plans to go to the San Antonio area to travel over to New Mexico, which we've talked about time and time again how much we love New Mexico. Uh, so we won't do that right now. But one of our favorite places in New Mexico was Roswell. 
And a lot of people skip Roswell. A lot of people say Roswell's kitschy. And it is. It is kitschy. (laughs) But there's so much more to Roswell than just the kitsch. And they would do well to maybe push that a little bit more. We actually really loved the natural aspects of Roswell. Yes. The Bottomless Lakes State Park is really cool. It's the only real natural lakes in southern New Mexico. And uh, they're just in the middle of nowhere. They're actually former caves from, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of years ago that collapsed and, and filled. And uh, and it's just a really cool campground. The and campground is so well and, laid out. There's yeah, like you said, there's a beach. There's a really great playground. There's just a lot going on for this campground, even though there was a manhunt that came through the yeah. campground. <laughs> and we will link to the in the show notes. We will link to all the specific episodes that we really break down our favorites this year, because like Jason said, we don't want to rehash what we've already talked about in a past episode. So if you want to hear the full story about the manhunt and everything of why we loved Roswell, pop over to the show notes. We'll have the link to each episode in there. So we thought we would maybe pick like one thing about Roswell that sort of stood out for us. So if you picked one thing, like if you said to someone you have one hour in Roswell, you must do this. What would it be? For me, it was the Bitter Lake Wildlife Refuge that that is right there just outside of town. That was just such a surprise. Uh, and in a classic Epperson move, we discovered it the day before we were supposed to leave the area. Yeah. So, you know. We talked about birding uh, with Michelle Reyes a couple of episodes ago, and this was the perfect place to to see birds. Great sand hill crane migration goes through here. All kinds of wild ducks and 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 just tons and tons of different birds that we got to experience sort of even out of season while we drove through this scenic drive in this wildlife refuge. And I just really loved it. How about you? What was your favorite Roswell thing? Oh, I'm going to go in the complete opposite direction. And I am going to say my favorite was Big D's downtown dive. <laughs> that diner was off the charts. Like it was so good. In fact, it was so good that we, cause we stayed in Roswell twice. And the second time we stayed in Roswell, it was just going to be, I think for a really short weekend, we were literally just passing through headed back to the Midwest, but we went back to big D's and I'm telling you, I still think about that Monte Cristo. That was really good. That Monte Cristo. We actually ate in the car. We just sat in the front seat of the car outside the restaurant (laughs) and ate. We did because the kids, our kids, they wouldn't eat there. I still don't understand our children sometimes and their their food habits. Like they wanted to go to the UFO shaped McDonald's play area and eat chicken nuggets, which we absolutely let them do. And they played in the spaceships, had a great time. We sat in the car after they were done with that and got ourselves like Monte Cristo, a Hawaiian burger, these truffle fries. I mean, just so decadent. Absolutely. One of the best food places in New Mexico during our travels. Probably one of the most popular destinations in New Mexico is, of course, Carlsbad Caverns. And we certainly were not disappointed by Carlsbad Caverns. No, not at all. It's on. I mean, it's on the list. Clearly, we weren't disappointed. But this really started a leg of the trip for us that hit a lot of places, not only for you and I, but when we've talked to the kids, 
really started ticking off a lot of places that they remember that they want to return to that made a huge impact on them. And Carlsbad started that whole section of the the journey, I think. We actually got a lot out of the whole Carlsbad area as well. I think, you know, my top thing in the Carlsbad area is certainly the caverns themselves. But there is a heck of a lot more to do around there. Yeah, I will say I wasn't crazy about the particular New Mexico State Park campground that we stayed at that's in that area. Clearly, there are other options. It's also a fine campground, too. It was really just the showers we had a a huge issue with. But what I think I loved, if I'm just talking about Carlsbad, if I'm just talking about that national park, my favorite part about the entire couple, two, three days we spent there was doing the natural entrance into the cave. I cannot recommend that enough. I know that a lot of people skip it, especially if you have smaller children. Clearly, if you can't make the walk, absolutely skip it. That's the elevators are perfectly fine option. But if you feel that you are with a party that can do this, it is worth it. We only went down. We did not come back up. We only went down. But what an incredible introduction. Yeah, I don't know that you want to walk out. I wanted to. We're not going to get into this because we got into it in the last one. I wanted to go back up. Y'all did not want to go back up. So I (laughs) went up the elevator with you guys. I would have loved to have gone back up. A, for the exercise and B, just for the experience of, I'm sure there are a thousand things we didn't see the first time going down. See, I just take the elevator up and go back down again. Yeah, no. (laughs) I mean, it's not like going down is a piece of cake. Right. No, my it's a knees, lot of work to no, go my down. knees were angry. They were yeah. very angry at me by the time we got down. Um, I think I said a couple episodes ago that this was my favorite thing I've ever done. And I still I still feel that way. The natural entrance to Carlsbad Caverns was with the most beautiful place I've been in yet. Yeah. And I would wager to say that Jack would put this at the very top of his yeah. list for 2018. He just was blown away. By once you got down into the caverns, going through the big room, he he was overwhelmed by it. I mean, one of my favorite moments with him is when he just kind of put that t- two and two together, that this is what the underground that he could look like. And he just he didn't know there was so much beauty to be found underground. It's one of my all time favorite moments with him. Of course, uh, while you're in the Carlsbad area, we, we keep saying this over and over a lot of people skip this, but do not miss Guadalupe Mountains National Park. It's worth the drive. It, we had to make the drive and it still landed on the top of our list for the year. It gets half the visitors of Carlsbad Caverns. So that's how many people skip it. Yeah. So if you're wanting an experience in a park that has maybe a few less visitors, that gives you an opportunity to just be out there alone out on a trail. This is your park. This is where you want to go. Yeah, it's great for hiking, uh, great for natural scenery that you don't get to see around that area, like trees and forests and stuff back hidden in some of these canyons. So uh, we wished we had more time there and we we definitely we planned on going back before we had our breakdown this fall. But uh, we will definitely be heading back to Guadalupe Mountains National Park. Do you have one thing about Guadalupe that really stands out for you Um, if you were to say to someone? And I know we haven't really experienced all of it. Yeah. But do you have even just a moment or something that really stands out to you? I'll tell you, I really liked the history of this, the stagecoach route 
the mail route that went through there and some of the old ruins of some of those buildings that that still exist that you get to see when you walk on one of the yeah, nature I mean, trails. Old timey stuff. Yeah. I love old timey stuff. I love that you could take it's a short little trail from the visitor center too over to some of the ruins that used to be um a stagecoach stop. You can go over there and you can actually like touch the the bricks, which I love that, you know, it's like one of the few times you can actually touch something that's a little bit older. Well, I just love the reason that that, that area was such an important stop because uh, because you've got the El Capitan uh, mountain face there, not the same one as Yosemite, but they, they call this cliff face, the big flat cliff face, El Capitan at Guadalupe as well. And it's just so recognizable from miles and miles around that it you, you just know that hundreds of years ago, it was uh, it was just this big beacon for people to travel to and, and, and stop uh, on the, along their way across the West. Yeah. And I would have to say for me, I love that short little trail too, but I really enjoyed some of the beginning moments of Devil's Hall. We didn't finish that trail. That's on the bucket list of things to do, but what everyone just, the first few minutes, it was just a bunch of oohs and ahs and wows from all five of us, because that's how beautiful the space is. And I don't think you really realize that like in the parking lot or when you're in the visitor center, you have to get out onto a trail to really understand the beauty of Guadalupe. And hopefully we can get back and and do McKittrich Canyon because that seemed to be like something that we would really love. Oh and, yeah, what a letdown. And didn't get to do Boy, it. we really, yeah. we really messed that one up, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some cities. We love to go out and get to remote national parky type places, but we also love to visit cities here and there. And oh, we do you know. love our urban environments, and yeah, uh, for sure. And one of our favorite cities this year was shockingly <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, right. Omaha. Who knew? Who knew? It's not for every. What is their slogan right now? Nebraska. It's not for everyone. <laughs> Was that them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's them, yeah. which really does them a disservice because Omaha was a really cool town. Tops for me on the list in Omaha, of course, was the Henry Dorley Zoo. It's the best zoo I've ever been to. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. That zoo just off the charts, like into the stratosphere. There is a reason why it was named the world's best zoo a few years ago, because it is. There was a thread in the full time families uh, members group on Facebook yesterday about the best playgrounds that people have seen across the country. I loved and that thread. That the, was it's so, great, it's so great you, idea. Yeah, it's such a great idea because a really good playground is a for your kids is a not only a great place for them to meet some friends and just have a little like peer time for an hour or two. It's just really great also to get them somewhere, run in some energy. And they love experiencing these new locations in that way because playgrounds are right on their level. Anyway, the playground in the Henry Dorley Zoo is amazing. I loved it. Uh, it's a it's giant treehouse, like levels of suspended bridges. And you've got little monkeys going through it in their own little playground that sort of as part of it. Oh man, water features, all kinds of stuff. 
the little log bridge or little log boat that they yeah, had you, to, to get onto the playground. You'd go across a little log raft. 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 Yeah. Why couldn't they? <laughs> Literally could not think of the word raft. Yeah, that was fun. And the kids had to. It's not a big expanse of water that they had to go across, but they had to pull and they had to be the ones to get us from one side to the other. It just was very Tom Sawyer. I it was. loved it. Every exhibit in that zoo was just fantastic. Well, well put together. Even the older stuff. Well, we would go back and spend days there. Yeah, absolutely. And even if a zoo is not your thing, there are so many other great points to Omaha that you can find a little bit of something for everyone. One of our favorite destination stops of 2018 campgrounds meh i you know i'd like to try and figure that out a little bit better next time but in regards to just the city itself really diverse really fun absolutely worth a stop did you have another thing in omaha that was oh no i mean i I stole the best thing you did steal the best thing no i you know i really liked the old market area just that whole space in general with the candy store and the christmas store and the farmer's market and there was that that Indian restaurant that we walked past that we didn't get to eat at, but man, I wanted to eat every single thing people on the patio were eating. And that just the pita smelled amazing. So that would, if you know, I would also say that's not a not to miss area. Another one of our favorite cities in this city, we spent a lot of time in this year uh, was Oklahoma city. And I think I said a few episodes ago as well, uh, a lot of these cities, a lot of these mid-sized cities are working really hard to get your tourism dollars and And they're worth it. They're worth a glance at. You don't have to go to, you know, the city everyone knows about or the big cities across the country. Check out your mid-sized little towns and cities across this country because they have got some totally cool stuff going on. And that is exactly what Oklahoma is doing. I mean, we've, we've, we know New York, Chicago and LA pretty decently now. Yeah. Uh, And, I'd say for, you know, a weekend or a week long trip, you're going to have more fun in a place like Oklahoma City. I mean, really, you are. Well, listen, as Chicagoans, as individuals who call Chicago home, I feel like we can say that with a lot of confidence. There is so much to do in Chicago, but it is. It's just not convenient to do it all. No, No, it's really not. You're going to have to pick and choose. You can go to a place like Omaha or Oklahoma and you can really get an overall flavor for the city in an extended weekend or a week long vacation without running yourself into the ground. So what was your favorite thing in Oklahoma City? Even though I didn't quite experience it in the same way you and Jack did. River sport. Yeah, was one of my favorite days there because of everything that they offered and just also that Olympic connection. Yeah. So Jack and I got to go whitewater rafting in the middle of what? what is Oklahoma City? Is that the South or is that the Midwest? I guess it's the South technically. I feel like, the, is it? The yeah, mid, I think, is it, I think Oklahoma it... City, I think Oklahoma is technically the south okay i can't remember if i'm trying to see the midwest national park service map in my head yeah and i can't remember if oklahoma because arkansas gets lumped in with the midwest i cannot remember if oklahoma does or not i'm pretty sure it's the south but regardless uh we'll we'll just go ahead with the south and jason (laughs) whitewater rafting uh, on a man-made whitewater rafting course was actually pretty darn amazing 
and just as as good. I mean, I've been whitewater rafting before. It's not as beautiful, uh, but it's just as good of a rapids. No, and even sure. even though Henry and Ethan and I weren't riding with you guys, we were watching you. I think we had almost as much fun like following you guys and running after you and hanging out on the bridge, watching you come by. And they have some seating areas in the main um, entrance and exit point of the course. You can get some drinks, you can get a beer, you can get some food, you can go sit down in these really comfy little chairs and watch everyone float around, the kayakers, the rafters. And I enjoyed that immensely, you know, and I sat there and had a drink and you guys went out on the course. That experience was tough to beat. But I, uh, since I have to pick something different, I think, uh, I'm going to pick the Cowboy Museum. I knew you would pick the, the Cowboy National Museum. Cowboy and Western Museum. Even if you're not somebody who's into cowboys, this is uh, this is a cool place. And it's not it, some of it is sort of like, you know, big hats and spurs and boots. Uh, but a lot of it is really just about the West and about Native American history um, about real cowboy history, uh, you know, actually ranchers and, and cattle drives and, and all that. Um, and then some of the Hollywood cowboy stuff. But what I really loved here was some of the beautiful Western art. Some of the, some of the paintings of Western landscapes were just the sculptures were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Some of the marble sculptures were yeah. just really beautiful. It's a great place and it's a great place for individuals, for couples, for groups and for families. They love families. They've got a great kid area um, in the back. There's a you can really walk a lovely little landscape out behind the museum. And there they have um, a designated like little kids section to play inside. And my the boys loved it. They just loved it. OK, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll cover some more destinations. Just do more of the same stuff. We're just right? going to keep talking. We just need to, you know, get a drink of water. Or coffee. Or lots of coffee. (laughs) We'll be right back. We're back with more of our favorite destinations of 2018. This section of the show is sponsored by National Indoor RV Centers. National Indoor RV Centers makes RV travel simple, fun, and hassle-free. The best part is being hassle-free. Offering convenient indoor storage with round-the-clock security and on-site maintenance and repair that can handle paint and body Oil changes, brakes, tires, glass, upholstery, slide work, and generator work. Generator work is very important. They can even accept factory and extended warranties. Valet service pulls your RV in and out of storage, checks the tire pressure, charge and check the battery fluids, fill your fresh water tank, and cool your fridge down before departure. They even have on-site propane and dump stations, and their wash and detail crews can clean your RV inside and out. You can find National Indoor RV Centers in Atlanta, Dallas, and Phoenix. And at their new Las Vegas facility, they are offering RV Miles listeners three months free with code RVMILES3. That's all one word. That's three free months at their new Las Vegas location with offer code RVMILES3. And it's the number three. Space is extremely limited, so visit VegasIndoorRVStorage.com. 
That's VegasIndoorRVStorage.com to get started today. And we will link to this offer in the show notes. Such a good concept. I, I'm, I'm surprised there's not more places like this across the country. I just appreciate that. And I mentioned it when I was, you know, reading about these guys, the generator work. I think that that's something that often gets overlooked. We certainly overlooked it, (laughs) you know, and I appreciate that that is on their list of things that they will take care of, but also want to point out because generator work is incredibly important. Yeah, and one that we often forget. The oil changed in those things. <laughs> or you end up having a situation like Jason and Abby. Yeah. Let's continue with our list of our favorite destinations of the year. Next on the list, we're going to travel back to New Mexico for a minute here. Um, yeah. If you haven't figured out by now, there's going to be a lot of New Mexico. <laughs> one of our favorite National Park Service destinations, White Sands National Monument. This might be my favorite. Like if I had to give you a number one, White Sands might be the number one. The, uh, I will say this is definitely the place where we got my favorite photos of the year. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, just unbelievable inc- photos. What I loved about the pictures and what I love about White Sands in general is the ability to feel completely remote, just removed from everything. When in reality, a lot of times you aren't. Now, maybe this particular time of year that we were visiting, uh, was a slow season, so there weren't as many people out on the dunes, but often it just felt like it was us. Yeah. And that was really cool because you don't have to stay to the trail and staying to the trail is important and all fine and good. But when you are given the opportunity to make your own path as you can at White Sands and then know that tomorrow that path is going to be completely swept away. And it's just going to be fresh all over again. Oh, I just think that, oh, I love White Sands. I think it's so cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people go here and they drive the they drive the road and they get out and they get on the sand a little bit. Maybe they sled a little bit, but they don't really walk into the dunes. And you got to you got to do that. You got to walk into the dunes. It doesn't don't have to go far, you know, Yeah, quarter I, mile, maybe. If I had to if I had to give my favorite moment at White Sands, I would have to say it's when I took off for a walk and I was out by myself. Now, I'll be perfectly honest and say that walk happened because I was so over the four of you. We weren't having the best of family days. And I was like, I'm out. I got to go for a walk. And you could have very easily gotten lost, except for we could see you most of the time. Yeah, you could see me the most of the time. But I had to go for a walk. I had to have a little bit of space from the people that I love the most. And it ended up being a really lovely opportunity for me to reset so that I could come back and be a part of the family. But also just this really cool opportunity to be by myself out there. And, and the whole area is great, too. I, I love the. Uh visiting Alamogordo and the, and the Oliver Lee state park was great. Was a great nice state, state park, park there. And, um, and there's the hiking trails in there and stuff to do as well. And then going up into the mountains into into Cloudcroft. They've got really great dental work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alamogordo. Forgot about that. I had yeah. a, had a tooth removed. <laughs> you don't uh, even have to go into it. It's yeah. on that episode, but yes. We experienced the fine dental work in Alamogordo. <laughs> uh, next, not too far from that area, area, but a long way to get to 
is the Gila cliff dwellings. You are not joking when you say it's a long way to get to Gila. <laughs> Leave early. Yeah. And, and I mean, we were staying at City of Rocks State Park, which uh, is near Silver Springs, New Mexico. Another and- amazing state park it was about a two-hour drive for us to get to the cliff Mm -hmm. dwellings through the national forest part of that could have been because we had to stop and let a kid puke because you know (laughs) they got a little car sick you start getting into the gila forest which is surrounding the gila cliff dwellings and you are just snaking your way up you're up you're up you're down and uh boy henry he didn't he didn't like it. Yeah. And we the cliff dwellings were were pretty cool to visit. And it's just neat to experience, you know, these hundreds of year old dwellings and, and to wonder where these people went and, and all that. But I wish we had had more time to visit the forest yes. a bit around that area because it was really beautiful. Yeah. And so I'm going to give I'll give my moment. You can give yours. I think my moment was when we were in the actual dwellings and the ranger encouraged us to climb up one of these ladders and look down into one of the little sections. I don't know what to call them, just little rooms. Rooms. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. And I looked down in there and there was some corn husk in there. And, you know, I'm just thinking I was, you know, corn husk with some animals brought in here. And she's like, no, this is 800 year old corn husk. They ate this. They left it here. It's been exactly in the same spot as they left it. And I mean, my mind went, like it just blew. I don't know what it was. And I can just, I can see that corn husk so clearly still in my mind. It was amazing to me that I was looking at something that 800 years ago people had consumed and then had just left but that it was still there and it still looked like the corn husk I consume 800 years later. Yeah, it was absolutely unbelievable. My favorite thing in this area is a little different. Uh, I actually loved the town of Silver Springs, New Mexico, which was which is sort of the gateway to this, this area and still an hour and a half drive <laughs> into the cliff dwellings. But Silver Springs has a playground oh, that yes. was just amazing. Uh, they also have Mexican chili that will burn your, burn your face, face off. off. <laughs> and just a cool little downtown that you can meander around and see uh, a lot of antique stores and and uh, and things like that. Now, I really I really enjoyed that that little town quite a bit. Next up, Badlands National Park. Done. We've already said we, we don't even need to talk about it. It's so amazing. Badlands go done. We've talked about it a lot recently, so uh, we don't need to get into it too much. Uh, other than let's say what our favorite moments of of Badlands were. Oh my goodness! Okay, you go first. I have to say, I just walking out on that door trail. You can see that in our video that we did of of Badlands out onto this weird, craggy, dirty, muddy, strange landscape and seeing something entirely new. I agree. That was super up there for me too. And I think though that one of my clearest moments one of my most favorite moments was right after we arrived on the BLM land that we were staying on and finally found a place in which the kids felt safe and and we were settled and just those moments of coming out of the bus and really fully taking in the land because that land is right it's only about half a mile from the park entrance so it really the park really starts right there yeah. taking that in and realizing, wow, this is where we're staying. Like, this is our view. 
that was, I, I just, I couldn't stop smiling. It was just, it was so beautiful. And I was so happy that we could be there and were able to do that. And that this was, you know, our home for the next several days. Honorable mention goes to wall drug for their five cent coffee. <laughs> honorable mention. five cent coffee is always yep. always a good thing abby was very happy i took a quarter <laughs> <laughs> another city on our list salt lake city another city that is just a, a great medium sized city with now, a whole lot to do i'm gonna disagree with you on that and i'm gonna put salt lake a little bit closer into the yeah, well, major it's, it's city a, it's a little bigger yeah because yeah, we were there for an extended weekend we were there for four days and we did not do everything. I feel no. like we needed more time, especially if you want to lump Park City into. Yeah. And you should because there's the Olympic Center over there and you want to go over and check that out. Yeah. And I'll say that was that was my yeah. top thing on the I'm list sure. by far. Visiting the Olympic training facility where they held the Olympics and where they've got the ski jumps and the bobsled track and all that. That was and taking the tour of that would, was really, really cool. Completely agree with you. That would be in there. I'll throw in just to have variety and say that the Leonardo, that was a pretty cool museum. Yeah, a museum that it was centered around. Just the inventions of Da Vinci. Well, and the idea of thought, you know, it was yeah. just about like thinking differently. And I liked that. I liked the fact that it challenged our boys to sort of look at a museum in a different way. You know, it had a lot of hands-on activities. In fact, they had a Lego exhibit that was just finishing up its run there. And, but it challenged them to experience a museum in a different way and to maybe see things that they wouldn't normally see in a typical children's museum or a natural history museum or science museum. This was really just focused around inventions and the inventions of Da Vinci. And that's just, I was surprised to find something like that in Salt Lake. And I don't know why I was surprised by it, but I was. Yeah. Next up, Lee's Ferry and the Glen Canyon National Recreation Area. Talk about a place that left a huge impression on our family. And we were there all of maybe 36 hours. Yeah, maybe it was a times. really short time. It was really just a little short stopover uh, on our on our way through Arizona and uh, wow, it's so incredible. These vermilion cliffs, you've got the Colorado river cutting right through it. And, um, and my favorite part being that this is the, the very tip of the grand Canyon national park. You're not mm -hmm. going to see the grand Canyon at all from here. And you've got a hundred miles to go to actually see but you it. You can get in a raft, but the grand Canyon national park travels up the river. And this is where the rafters hop in for their long journeys into the park. That was my favorite part is seeing them just start out their journey. See the, the, thrill the, of the it, smile yeah. on their faces. Like they're the, happy now. The, yes. They're going <laughs> to be having this multi-day trip all the way through uh, the Grand Canyon. I just thought that was so cool. Yeah, that was a really special moment. And for me, I would say that not too far down the river from where the rafters put in was when we were hiking and we experienced the wild horses yeah. across 
the river. It was our first time seeing any wild was, horses. They came out. There was a baby with them. Um, they came down into the water to drink. But for me personally, you know, I grew up as a young girl. I adored horses. I wanted a horse. I just, I wanted to get on a horse and just, and let, and set it, and set it loose and just run through the fields. You know, this was for me, I devoured the saddle club books when I was growing up. Like, uh, so to see wild horses was just, it was really overwhelming for me. It just, it brought back a lot of memories, but also to just see them free like that was really beautiful. And that particular stop on our trip was just a really couple of nice days for our family. Like, I don't think anybody fought for those two days. The kids were really playing well together. Um, and I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. And I would love to return and do that again. As a lot of our listeners know, we spent a long time in the Black Hills region of South Dakota. And our favorite experience there uh, had to be the Wind Cave National Park. Yes. I The Black Hills, there are so, there's so much going on for the Black Hills. It is so much more than Mount Rushmore and Custer, both of which are absolutely fine locations. In fact, Custer was on the, it, it almost made it into the list this week, but we've we felt like we needed just a little bit more time in the area yeah. because there's so much to do. That's the thing. There is so much to do at Custer. But Wind, Wind Cave is just a do not miss. It's a do not miss. And we stayed at a South Dakota state campground near Hot Springs, South Dakota, which Hot Springs was a pleasant surprise as well. Just a, a wonderful little small town, great little coffee shop. Enjoyed the few days that we were there. But Wind Cave, I, I'm, I'll, I'll throw it to you. What was your favorite well, moment? I, it wasn't the cave. I mean, you know, the cave is 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 nice and all, and and fun to explore on a tour or two. But the above ground areas of Wind Cave were just so great, and the fact that you can see bison and prairie dog and all that. We took a trail through the above ground area of Wind Cave that went right through the middle of a prairie dog town. And so they're only they're all only a few feet from you yeah. on, on any direction. And that was my favorite part is just just being in the middle of their little environment. there. Yeah, they're so cute. I just I want one. I want a little I want to live near a prairie dog town. They're so cute. <laughs> this trail, I will agree with you. That trail was probably my favorite moment, too, because it was also a moment that I think our kids did one of the longest hikes that they have ever done. And not a lick of complaining. Yeah, they didn't Man, complain at all. They were they were just on fire. And that trail actually took us to the edge of the park. And a national forest backed up backs up right against the park. And so we walked to the fence line, turned around and came back, got to walk through the prairie dog town twice. But we were also on a trail that was actively used by bison. Yeah, you could see their hoof prints. Yeah, and while I admit I did not want to run into one, I you yeah. know I wanted to only run into one from a very safe distance. I and mean, we got to see a lot of bison from the road. We have never seen so many bison as we have well, seen. Well, the Buffalo Roundup, we saw but more that, bison, but, but that, that was, was intentionally rounding yes, them up together. That was yes. man-made. Like yeah. that was man bringing the bison to one particular yes. location. We were man 
inside or person, I would prefer to say we were a person inside their environment and they were just going wherever they wanted to go. And, and we were the ones getting out of their way. And I thought that was incredible just to see bison just hanging out, just taking a nap, doing their thing. A wonderful, wonderful place. They are majestic. They are majestic. And there is no picture that can do a bison justice to lay eyes on one. It's just absolutely majestic. Our final destination on the list of our, our top places. Our twofer, because we went back of, twice of 2018. in 2018. Zion National Park. It lives up to, to the hype. Yeah, it does. And I was really surprised because I sometimes feel that some of these bigger parks haven't, haven't had as much of an impact on me as some of the smaller ones have. And uh, Zion proved me wrong. Yeah, I mean, you do deal with a lot more people there than than some of the other places that we went to this year. But it's manageable um, and enjoyable yeah. almost because of the shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just sort of this glorious canyon in the middle of uh, this rocky landscape. And uh, the way the light hits everything, mean, you can literally sit in the canyon and watch the sun move across the sky and change the way the whole thing looks all day long. Oh, it's really wonderful. So. This is a this is hard for me to pick just one, but do you have a moment? Yeah, my my solo hike. Yeah. Um, up, I thought up, that would be yeah, it. Yeah, a, a mishmash of a couple different trails. <laughs> just you just went. You're like, wherever <laughs> I end up, I end up. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing is that I would never have set out to do what I did, but it just happened that way because the the offshoot of the trail that I wanted to do was closed and. The, where I went seemed like a destination, you know, so it seemed mm-hmm. a little strange that it wasn't sort of a more defined route. But um, you can hear about all of that on the switchbacks episode I did of America's National Parks podcast. And I sort of recorded my journey a bit up there. But uh, uh, it, it's across from Angel's Landing. Angel's Landing is like the most famous hike in the park terrifying terrifying <laughs> looking you go up and you're you're holding onto chains and you've got thousand foot drop off on either side of you but this is across from that and higher than that so you actually see it and and see this big horseshoe bend in the river ah, it was so so beautiful what about you what was your favorite moment all right Zion? i have i have two because we went there twice so i think i get to um my first would be when we took that grotto trail, that little half mile, I don't even know if you, it's like an access road trail almost between the lodge and then the angels landing stop and half a mile. And for whatever reason, that is, that's like where the mule deer go to be seen. Like that's, if you want to, like if mule deer want to meet other mule deer, they're like, man, I'm going to meet you at the grotto. (laughs) So they all go to the grotto and it's (laughs) so the, every time we walked to that trail, I think we walked it two or three times. We were surrounded by mule deer just hanging out, eating. And for the kids, that was, I think, just a really exciting moment for them. And so their enthusiasm for that trail and for experiencing being able to safely interact with the mule deer and watch them and do their thing was really exciting for me. 
because anytime we can get our boys really interacting with their surroundings as we're traveling, just it really leaves an impact on me. Uh, the other that I would I would put on there is actually meeting Mandy and her family. Yeah. You know, it was really special to meet a full time traveling family. It was really. And again, you know, I would say the same when we met Michelle and Keith to meet a family that you're traveling on the road and to have not only your kids connect, but the adults connect. Oh, see, now, now we forgot to put bandolier. See, bandolier. Bandolier is not on the list. There's so many things. I'm certain there's a lot of things that we could have put on this list that we didn't. Yeah, Uh, because I was actually thinking. Because it's only an hour show. (laughs) Yeah, and I was thinking to myself, man, we didn't put Santa Fe Albuquerque on there. And what a great two weeks that was. And my solo hike at Tent Rocks and meeting the Reyes family. And so, but I would say meeting Mandy and her family and having our boys have friends for that week to play with and interact with and, you know, to start their band and then just to have that opportunity to sit and, and this sounds so cliche, but like mom talk with Mandy, like I, you know, that's one thing I have to say I miss on the road a little bit. You know, when we were in Chicago, I had a, had a core of like mom friends and they're friends, but they're moms. And I could talk to them about, over coffee while the kids did things we weren't even paying attention to, you know, and I enjoyed being able to have those moments there in Zion with Mandy drinking some coffee while the kids played in that big tree. That was really nice for me. So I feel thankful that we met them and that that was an opportunity to be had there in such a beautiful location. All right. Let's throw one more thing in here. Okay. A wild card, like something that maybe wasn't like a top destination, but like a, a, something we visited, some place. Right, well, you're gonna have to go back and edit some of this because we can't keep people here for ninety minutes. <laughs> what, what was what was one other little experience that that really topped things off for you? I'm gonna throw the Reyes family in here. I'm they're gonna be in our time in Santa Fe and the Albuquerque yeah. area. That two weeks we spent at that Army Corps of Engineer campground, we spent. Easter with them. You know, we had movie night with them. It was another opportunity out on the road to connect with a family that I foresee us connecting with for years down the road and to go out and experience Bandelier with them, to go to the Children's Museum in Albuquerque and just to hang out. You know, I thought that that was that would be my wild card. It's clear to me now that anytime we go to a campground and we make connections with other individuals and get to know them and spend some time with them, that really leaves an impression on me. And so that's, that area is my wild card. How about for you? For me, it was the Dio de los Muertos festivities in Los Angeles. We got to go experience that with, with your brother's family. And uh, that was just so amazing to me to be immersing into that culture and uh, the beautiful painted faces and yeah. the effigies to to people have passed that are that are just sort of more of a celebration, um, you know, dancing and uh, uh, the food. I, I thought that was just really a special experience. You know, 2018 also offered us an opportunity to renew some relationships with family and friends that had been long since sort of on the back burner a little bit. And I think that that is the beauty of travel. 
you know, to be able to go to California and not only see, you know, my brand new little nephew, our our newest little member of the family, but then to spend the kind of time we were able to spend with my brother and my sister-in-law and their kids and their family there and reconnect in that way for such a long period of time was so incredibly special. And then even though we had that crazy thing happen with the bus, it gave us the opportunity to reconnect with a friend from long, long ago of mine and to reconnect with Anna, who was really actually more my brother's friend than mine, but then to reconnect with her and have her son and our son develop such a friendship. You know, that's something that never would have happened to us if we were just staying in Chicago, living in our apartment. We would have had a million other wonderful opportunities, but would we have been able to spend a whole month with Justin and Dominique, or would Kai and Jack have been able to form a friendship? 2018 really did land us in some places that renewed much needed friendships and family connections. That seems like a great note to end this episode. We had just a wonderful year of traveling and we're looking forward to a whole, a whole nother one to do together. Aww. Let's wrap this episode up with Let's a brain teaser. Yeah. Let's wrap it up before we start crying. <laughs> what kind of coat can you put on only when wet? We'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode. The first of 2019 of the RV Miles podcast. Wasn't it just yesterday we were talking about Y2K? I don't understand how <laughs> 19 <laughs> years later... Thank you so much for being a part of our 2018. We have loved having you. Jason and I, Jack, Ethan, and Henry wish all of you a very, very happy new year and a most prosperous 2019. So until next year, keep logging those RV miles and we'll see you on the road. Bye everybody. Happy new year.